Well, everybody, we welcome you to the Coaching Life Podcast. We are a day or two behind in getting our episode out to you this week, and we knew that coming into it. That's why we were able to say it before we put it out there. But we hope that you enjoy this one today. My name is Chris Stewart. If you're with us for the first time ever, and I always have a conversation on a weekly basis. We actually talk more than a weekly basis, but we record it on a weekly basis with my really good friend and a relationship that is actually continuing to grow closer that I'm grateful for on the other side of this microphone, on the other side of the county, Patrick Martin. How you doing today, Pat? Hey, Coach. I'm good, man. Today's a good day. It is a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, you Browns fans, today's a good day. Always got to... Is that what you this, mean? Or is that this, some... Well, I am. Yeah. I this took some subtlety. This is life victory Monday. Because <laughs> not only did the Browns win, but the Cowboys also won. The Cowboys did win. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's bittersweet because I, re, I really like Dak Prescott and he... He's a he's a good dude, but uh, yeah, yeah it, it does, that didn't look good. It, it, his injury is probably going to set him back as much as I would say it set back Alex Smith. He's younger than mm-hmm. Alex, so hopefully that we'll just have to yeah. see. Who knows? It's hard to speculate. Hope that's not the case. But the one thing that I noticed about that, and it's is is really you just I don't know. It's just one of those things that you're like, wow, is so many players across the mm-hmm. league were. You know, I saw it on Twitter. People were tweeting, you know, get well, yep, back and, and stuff like that. And it's just, I don't know, it's kind of, you don't really realize how much impact or uh, how yeah. well known each of those people are, you know, right. across teams and things like that. So. How well appreciated and liked. Because it wasn't just players that I saw. I saw just football people, people who... Who work yeah. in the organizations, you know, like the the the, the you know the laundry guy and and the, and the Cowboys organization and people behind the scenes are like, this is one of the real genuine good guys, you know. Whether you've always liked the way he played or not, this is a guy we root for. And and I just you you learn a lot about that. And and really to be honest, when they brought in you know Andy Dalton now, he's probably probably one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. So Dallas is going to not have to take too big of a step back, I don't think. Because Andy Dalton came in and did a heck of a job. And the other thing that I saw about Andy Dalton was people saying the same thing. Like, hey, this is a guy, having known this guy and been around him, he's a genuine good guy. And so I'm I'm, I'm happy that he's going to... While it's sad that, that, that his reason for leading a team now is because of the downfall of another, the injury of another, I'm glad that he's going to have the opportunity to do it and show what he can do with the Dallas offense. And so it's yeah. it's yeah it's gonna be interesting. We're it's we're, we're set up now for a Dalton versus Burrow matchup in a couple months. Yeah, in, in That's Cincinnati. True. Yeah, you know you you texted me that I didn't even realize what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think that you yeah. know Dalton was you know the the previous quarterback of the Bengals. I didn't I didn't know where you're going. <laughs> that I was still in. Yeah, I don't know how big of a deal that is, but it's just kind of an interesting thing, you know that. That yeah, he's going to go I, back into Cincinnati as the starting quarterback of the Cowboys, and right, and, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe some people might make it a big deal, but it's really not. It really um, isn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, the Bengals made it, made a decision to change gears, and they drafted a a, a kid that. Uh, 
Bengals have a yeah, lot they, bigger deals on their plate right now than worrying about Andy Dalton coming back into town. <laughs> all right. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas uh, wouldn't agree. Luke, Lucas thinks everything's just fine. He, I chatted with him I last night. He's like, Did yeah, you really? Oh, yeah. He's, he's, like, oh, he's, like, he's like, well, what were we so surprised about? I knew this was going to happen. I knew they were going to get killed by the Ravens. He, apparently, he predicted a double-digit loss to the Ravens a couple months ago or whatever, and He's like, well, I don't know why everybody's so up in arms. I'm like, well, it's because Joe's going to get killed. You can see it on his face, man. He's, he's, it's, it's taking a toll. We need to, we need to it's, get it's Lucas taking a toll. on so we can talk about this. We're, a little we're bit. going to get Lucas on. We're scheduled to have Lucas on during the week of the pregame uh, show here, uh, leading up to the Browns Bengals game, which Showed is in a couple weeks, too. right? Yeah. I looked up tickets for that game, Pat. 150 dollars. You and I want to go. Are we allowed in? Just anybody? I guess if there are tickets available, you can buy them. Yeah, I believe so. I saw several people from Athens uh, tweeted pictures of themselves at the very first game that they were allowed to go to. I mean, just general people weren't family members or anything. 150 I mean, isn't bad. If you're one of the 12,000 people, the first ones to buy a ticket, I'm assuming they'll that you can get in. But honestly, I, I care less. I'd rather watch the NFL from my living room, to be honest. I, I mean, it, 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 it's a neat experience, but yeah, I think in general... I would agree with you. You have mm-hmm. a better view. Uh, you don't have to battle the elements. But better, it is I got better experience. food that's cheaper, and I can flip over to watch. You know, I don't watch one game ever, hardly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I flip back and forth, and uh, you can't. Yeah, 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 I get it. It's a neat experience. So anyway, I had an idea for a episode, and I mentioned this to Pat this morning. <laughs> and and so we're going to do this today. We're going to do something a little different today. We and we normally will have a topic that we discuss for a good 45 to 50 minutes or longer, sometimes a little less, but usually not. And today, instead of having one topic, I said, what, what if we, I said, because I've had a lot of things that just that come up throughout the weeks that we, you know, during the week when we're not talking together that I think about, like, oh, that'd be a good podcast episode. Oh, that'd be a good podcast. But I forget to write it down. And so I, I want to make sure that I start like jotting these down, like in my notes in my phone or something like that. And I thought, what if we just took a few minutes and did some like, hey, FYI, you ever do like someone, someone said, I, I send a lot of emails. I pass a lot of emails along to other people because I'm, I'm the middleman in a lot of way where I work. And so I, I end up forwarding a lot of emails and I start, I just basically put in the body of the email, FYI, dot, dot, dot. And then, you know, they know to look at the, the, the statement below. Well, what if you and I had some FYIs that we just wanted our listeners to know? Just a handful of things, random things. They don't even have, they have to not, they don't have to be related at all to one another. It's like switching gears. We go to a commercial and come back and we're talking about something completely different. We're not really going to any commercials. We haven't sold anything yet. But do you have a handful of FYIs that you'd like our listeners to know, Pat? Well, the way that you present that is a little different than I uh, some might, prepared for. It. Well, some might. Well, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You, you Go with whatever you prepared for, because that's what it's about. Well, I, I will. Some I just, might I, be deep and significant, and other ones might not be. <laughs> they might just be, hey, FYI. Yeah. Well, I've got a lot of things like that. I think you could you could touch on a lot of things, but there there's been some things that... Um, well, you start I've just caught myself thinking over the past couple months, I think, and, you know, being able to uh, watch my kids play fall baseball and and uh, watch my oldest son, Jake, play play his first year of, of uh, 
of football. Which, by uh, the way, if you don't mind me interjecting, your son Jake, for his first year of football, he's a stud. He is. <laughs> we won't, we you guys out there, <laughs> you guys out, you know, well, it's his little brother that listens, right? Not him. Yeah, that's no. right. He don't listen. So you know Jeremiah's not telling him. But Jake, Jake's a, he's the quarterback of the, of the, uh, the Megs Marauder uh, middle school team, combined eighth grade and seventh grade, right? But he's yeah. technically a seventh grader. And he's an eighth grader. Oh, he's an eighth grader. Okay. Ah, yeah. I, I forgot these kids missed half their seventh grade year. And uh, he's he's been the only one to take any snaps this whole season, right? He has. And you have yeah. one more game, one, one more game this uh, Wednesday? Yep, yep. And Final game. He's, he's, yeah, he plays, uh, he's, he doesn't ever come out of the game. He's an outside linebacker, and he's he's uh, the, the quarterback of the team, and he's he's very, he looks really good out there. Been been a good first year. You should be proud, oh, Papa. appreciate you saying that. Yep. You're, 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 you probably mentioned that because you, you hear me uh, complaining about him on the on our live Facebook streams during the game. Oh, I enjoy so. watching the live Facebook streams. I enjoy the interaction. <laughs> I, I, I think I like watching Facebook live streams better than going to the game in person because because you, you're interacting with a lot more people than you, than you are normally when you're there. You know, it's funny that you lead into that because I think it gives me another FYI, but it's it's um, I don't know a lot about football. I, I'm a Browns fan. And I, I've, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a football fan. Um, it's been it's been really fun and enjoyable to watch Jake play, uh, and kind of you know we're 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 talking more about football now than what we ever were before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of more interested in you know the game and he, he, you know we've been watching in the living room here and there different games on Sundays and things like that. So we're talking more about, you know, the game and stuff like that. So that, it's been enjoyable. I think that's uh that's a decent FYI. Not <laughs> not one that I had prepared, but um maybe maybe something everybody could try, you know, to uh try to get to that point where, you know, the sport that your kids play uh, or the the activity that they do or you know whatever competitions that they're in isn't isn't always about uh, them and how they how they perform, but um, sometimes it's just about you know a mutual love of the game that they're playing and being able to share that and experience it with each other. I think that's a that's something that I'm pretty grateful for. Yeah, that kind of going through this fall, so it's been it's been pretty fun, and it's been you know well, in the same regard, Jeremiah's been uh, interested too because he's he's went and watched his brother play and, and stuff like that so he's he's been into it too so we've been throwing a lot of football outside and stuff like that so it's been it's been a really good time mm-hmm. uh, for, for the family but i was going to uh, i was going to say something to start us off here uh that kind of you know talking about dak prescott and the way that he, the way that he's seen across the league is it, it kind of leads into that or uh segues from that and it's you know the FYI is is be intentional about the type of people you surround yourself with, and this is the, I would I would say I would speak more towards you know younger athletes, um, uh, high school athletes maybe. Uh, just I think it's something that we don't think about a whole lot when we're when we're playing sports. I'm not for sure. I thought about it when I was when I was in high school playing or junior high, but. What I do know is that I, as I've went through life, I've recognized that I've been very blessed with the, the people that 
not necessarily that I put around myself, but that, that, you know, that God put around me, you know, mm-hmm. however you want to look at that, but, you know, people, they were just there for me. And I've been, um, very fortunate in that regard to have people around me to, to motivate me, uh, to encourage me, you know, to, to be there and to celebrate, uh, my, my successes and, and to, you know, to help me through my failures. And at the same time, I, I, to share those same, you know, that, that same, uh, uh, relationship with them when they went through successes and failures. And I think the key to what I'm, what I'm saying here is there's people in the world that motivate you to be better, but there's also people in the world that demotivate you and that can take away, uh, from, uh, from that drive and, uh, and, and stunt your growth as a person and as, you know, whatever your whatever role you're trying to fill. So, uh, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of ways that you can think about this and there's a lot of uh, approaches you can take, but sometimes it's really necessary just to sit down and think about, mm. you know, your inner circle, mm-hmm. you know, who, who am I spending the majority of my time with and how valuable that time is to you and, and to your future. Definitely. Did you ever go to youth group, like church youth group, when you were a kid? I did, yeah. Well, I, I, I did too. And one of the things that I remember from those youth group days, which, by the way, there are hundreds and probably thousands of lessons I didn't remember, but <laughs> every now and then something something happens and it sticks. And And one of the lessons that I remember was a, an illustration that my, my youth group uh, youth pastor gave, and it's probably wasn't original with him, I'm sure. It probably happened in hundreds of other... You, you probably have seen it or heard it as well. He had uh, a whole group of people standing around this uh, little... It's like sort of a small table in the room, probably a three-foot-high table. And he said, uh, all right, Chris, stand up here on this table. So I, I was the volunteer, stood up on the table. And he said, now what I want you to do is I want you to try to pull. I'm going to have you grab a hold of a hand. So we had four people down there, two hands on my right hand and two hands on my left. And he said, I want you to try to pull those four people up onto the table before they can pull you down. And I looked at him like, that's impossible. I mean, I'm t- you're talking about four people, the, four, the amount of G force that's going to be going against me. And so I, I said, all right, so one, two, three, and I just I went right down. So he said, okay. So then I tried it with two, so one on each hand. He's like, okay, now try it. I'm like, it's still impossible. I said, you give me one of them. Give me that little girl over there. I'll pull her up before <laughs> she can pull me down. So there's a little girl that weighed half, half what I weighed, and I didn't weigh a lot. So I'm up there, and I'm like, okay, that, I got this now. And he said, go. And I pulled, and she went into the table, and then she grabs a hold of me, and she pulls and pulls and pulls. And before you know it, I fall down. I fall down off the table. And he said, so here's the point. It might be kind of corny, but here's the point. It is always, always going to be a lot easier for someone to pull you down than mm-hmm. it's going to be for you to pull them up. And it multiplies when you add another person to it. It gets a lot easier for you to get pulled down the more bad choices you make in terms of who you hang out with. 
He said, that little girl there shouldn't have been able to pull you down. But, but it's, it's, it's when you talk about the, the leverage that, that she has un, you know, underneath and she's pulling down and you're trying to pull up, we always think that we can save people. We always think that we're going to, well, I'm hanging out with this person because I'm the missionary here. I'm going to save this person. I'm going to help this person. And a lot of times, regardless of how strong you think you are, you get pulled down. And, and uh, it doesn't mean, I mean, that, you know, there's a, there's a fine line there between, you know, uh, in, in that as well, because people who aren't, who, you know, who, do, who have a bad rap in life need, need good influences in their lives too, in order to turn themselves around and change. But I think that's where the, the, you know, the numbers come in, the numbers, you know, where it's not just you alone, you have other good people around you that you can ha- that can hold you accountable and you them and and then it's not you, not that you gang up on the bad kid, right? But but the, you know the whole idea. That's not at all what I'm saying. The whole idea here is that it's just it. You got to you got to be careful. The the proverb writer says in Proverbs four twenty four, guard your heart because out of it flows everything else in life. And we got to take that to heart. You know, literally guard, guard guard it. Guard your heart. Guard your soul. Guard who you are, because if if you, whoever you let in, you, you're going to start behaving the way they behave. Mm, yep. Good stuff. Good FYI, Pat. Good FYI. Thanks. Yeah. So here's my FYI. Here's one of them, depending on how many we get to. I'm just going to say it this way. There will always be failure in the process of making change. Hmm. I think the Bengals are a great example of that, but we, we don't have to touch, <laughs> talk about the Bengals. But let's, let's bring it to home, closer to home. All right. So let's say uh, this is actually something that I've been having to explain or choosing to explain, not necessarily having to explain, but I've seen, like last week, I have one of my, the, I work with kids on a weekly basis. So five kids every Wednesday night, I work with them on pitching, giving them pitching lessons, pitching instruction. And, uh, and what, one of the boys that I have, just great kid, love him. He is, he, he's, he's always wanting to throw strikes. He gets really upset when he doesn't throw strikes. And so what happens is he kind of aims the ball a little bit. And, and so one of the things I've been trying to do is we've been working a little bit on, on helping him learn how to use his body. Because I know in the long run, the way he's throwing the baseball isn't really going to be good for him. He's never going to be able to throw with much power. And even though now, as a nine-year-old, or how, I think he's nine, uh, he's a little bigger than other kids. And he, you know, he, so he's in, you know, because of his size and his stature, and he does practice a lot, he's, he's able to have some success. But I, one of the things that we're doing is I'm like, hey, and his dad's on board. He's like, absolutely, man. He goes, I, let's whatever whatever it takes. He said, this is what he needs. I know this is what he needs. And uh, so what happens is we're getting him to drive a little bit more with his hips, and you know, get, getting him to to get into his butt, getting get into his legs a little more, and and getting, cleaning up his arm action and doing some things like that. Well. That is causing him to throw a lot of balls, <laughs> a lot. And I'm not, and I told him I'm not even looking at the result, man. I'm not even looking at the result. I'm looking at you, and I want to see improvement with what you're doing because I know the results will come eventually, but they're not going to come today, and they're probably not going to come tomorrow, and they're probably not going to come. In fact, you're going to fail if you look at the results. You're going to fail. But I don't want you to look at the results. I want you to look at the process. And I tell you, to explain that to a nine-year-old is a little tough. 
And so I'm glad, I'm thankful that the old man was there. His old man was there, so he could he could keep reinforcing that, and, and he did, and it's a really cool thing. But it's a really important thing, you know, because, for example, a lot of these kids right now that I'm working with are playing fall baseball, right? So what are they doing? They're playing on a team where they're keeping score. They're having to pitch, and they're having to hit, and they're having to, you know, they're keeping score. They got records, and they're going to have a, a tournament at the end of the season, and but they're also coming to instruction. Well, what are you doing in instruction? Well, you're, you're helping them tweak some things that maybe they need to improve upon. Well, whenever you're tweaking things and you're changing things a little bit to help them improve, knowing you're putting some things into them to help them in the long run, it's going to throw off things that they're doing in the immediate. It's going to, it's going to cause them to not necessarily, for example, I'm working with pitchers, to not necessarily pitch as well on the weekends, two or three days after they've come in and tried to work on gripping the ball with two fingers instead of holding it down in the palm of your hand because you're, you know, because you're eight years old and you're not used to holding it that way. And I'm trying to get them to, to, to get in a habit. And I said, look, no one cares about what happens here in the fall. The problem is these kids are competitive. Their parents are competitive. So they do care. <laughs> they do care. And so when they go out there and they throw a bunch of balls, it's like, oh, this training isn't working, you know? Yeah. And so, and I think that's the result, that's the result mindset that we have to. So I've been really reinforcing that conversation with all five kids that I work with every Wednesday that look, you're probably going to see this happen, you know, and I think it, and, I, and because of, that's happened with me, it just kind of kind of made me feel like, hey, this is a good FYI. Right. In the process, there's going to be failure, but we got it. We got to trust the process is actually and you got to make sure that the process is good, a good process. Also, you got to make sure that what you're doing is actually helpful. And that's right. that's my job to help with that. Uh, sure. But uh, yeah, that's it's just always going to happen. And that's. Oh, that's good stuff. I, um, I, I, you know, it kind of, uh, speaks a little bit to specialization mm-hmm. and the way that, you know, as for, you know, I mean, we still, there's still a lot of people out there that, that, uh, that push specialization and, you know, uh, you know, focusing on one sport, you know, all year round. And, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 that's almost a shortcut to, to the, to the bigger goal. Whereas if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you have a multi-sport background, you, you're becoming a better athlete. And while you might not be, you know, at the time you might not be hitting and throwing, um, as, as well as some other kids, maybe you're running, uh, running faster, or maybe you're a little bit stronger or you have a little bit more agility than those other kids because you're, 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 you're more diverse in your, in your background. And I think it's just being able to understand that you're, you know, you're forfeiting, um, you know, current performance over long-term development. And, mm. and the, the, you know, the reality is, is it's all, it, you almost have to do that. Like that, that's the decision you, you make, you choose one or the other almost. I mean, there, obviously there's, there's kids out there that are, uh, naturally talented and, you know, they, they, they do well because of that anyway. But if you're making an effort, to you know, to, to get to somewhere, if you if you if you have aspirations to to be a certain type of uh, athlete, um, you need to sacrifice a little bit of performance at times, mm. current performance for that you know long term development. Yeah. So I, I I can relate it to that as well. Yeah. Um, it almost makes you want to say, hey, uh, let's let's start a fall league where we we do we play games. But we don't keep score. Yeah. We don't keep stats. We don't keep score. 
We don't we don't ask who won and who lost, even though you know everybody knows. But but it's just it's not that's not because because in the fall in the off season that really isn't the priority, and that's what I've been trying to convey to all of all of my guys is look. I love that you're playing fall ball because, you know, you're, you're competing every week, and that's good. You're able to put some of this together in an actual game situation. But uh, the priority isn't necessarily how many strikeouts you have this week or how many hits you have this week or how many wins you end up with in the fall. The priority is, am I really am, – am I getting better – in those areas that I, that I really want to get better at. Am I, you know, am I learning, if you're learning a new pitch, for example, I mean, I'm teaching some young kids a changeup, right? So changeup is not an easy pitch to throw for the first time. You know, like you said, you talk about teaching Jeremiah changeup, you know, and, and through what you say through one or no, you teach him something completely different. What uh, you teaching him hip drive as well. Right. And he said, you yeah. threw one about 20 feet into the ground and it's frustrating. It's frustrating for him. And, and, uh, but, but that's, that's part of it. That's part of what, yeah. what happens. Yeah, definitely. I think that this kind of segues into my second FYI. Go for it. You know, we're, talking, we're talking about results and uh, as compared to process. And something that I've ran into uh, actually quite a bit this fall um, is, is this idea of, you know, it kind of sounds superficial and maybe it, and it is, it, it is because it really doesn't matter. But I see a lot of people, a lot of players looking across the field and, um, and wanting to prove themselves to their opponent or to, you know, maybe to fans or something like that, you know, on the other side of the field. And I thought it was, it was odd because when I was thinking about this, it, I didn't expect it to, cap, to happen, but we, you know, LeBron James was on, uh, in his in his post game interview last night after they won the after the Lakers won the NBA championship, he said he you know he was talking about how everyone wanted respect, yeah. and uh, you know he and he wanted his respect and I just I, I wondered who who he was talking to right. when he said uh, you know I want my respect because I don't know who doesn't who does <laughs> right exactly. He, you know, I mean, obviously, he's. I mean, does he want to be known as? Does he, he want everybody to say he's the greatest player ever? I don't know. I, I'm not really for sure what that means. Yeah. But what I what I see is I see this. Um, I see this hindering mm. a lot of young players, and you know, it's like, like we're you know, like you say, coach, we're 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 playing fall ball, right? And I don't want I want to hurt any feelings here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be careful, but. It doesn't matter uh, what your batting average is in fall ball. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter uh, uh, who who wins. Uh, mm. And we and we say fall ball, but really, it, it, you could you can make this argument. Sure. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, it rarely matters in, in in real in spring ball or summer ball. Yeah. as a and fourteen no year old or a twelve year old. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying we don't coach our kids to win. I'm not saying that at all. You know, I, I, I think absolutely. You know, striving to win is a very important part. Yeah, of, if we put together a wiffle ball game this afternoon, I'm coaching my team to beat yours. Absolutely yeah. right. Why? What? Well, what are you doing if you're not doing that? Right. right. You're you're doing the opposite, I guess, and that just doesn't make sense. But <laughs> right. Uh, 
to your point, I think one thing that uh, that might help is that this idea of unstructured free play and being able to go out and just uh, kind of ignore what the because in, in that setting, the results only matter to one person. And mm-hmm. that's that's the opinion that matters most. When you're talking about respect or you're talking about proving yourself, stop worrying about everybody else's opinion. Fear your opinion yeah. more than anyone else's. Good point. Because your opinion is what's going to drive you. Yes. Right? Your opinion is what's going to motivate you. And I've noticed, you know, we've, we've done some wiffle ball. And we've done, last last practice we had with our 10-year group, we uh, we let them use their aluminum bats or their their uh, composite bats, and we use tennis balls. Oh, so yeah. they're, they're yeah. hitting tennis That's balls. Fun. And, of course, they were, you know, they're hitting them a long way. So it was fun. They're having fun. But there's a lot of base running errors. And... I, I saw, you know, without without coaches out there telling them where to go and what to do, I saw these kids make horrible base running mistakes, similar mistakes that, that what they made throughout the, the fall season. But I think they learned not to make them because when they mm-hmm. made them in this unstructured free play setting, the people that were getting on them was one themselves. They were they were. Yeah, on themselves and their teammates were like, "Wow, what'd you do that? You know, you, you, that was that was bad yeah. base running." So they felt they felt that felt worse. And yeah, in in that setting, you learn things like that. Yeah, and you know, it's things that sometimes saying, "Hey, you don't do that as a coach." When you're talking to a, a, a youth player and you say, "You know, you made a mistake here," sometimes that doesn't mean as much is when you're out playing with your buddies against your buddies and mm-hmm. you make a mistake mm-hmm. because it hurt, you know, more personable. It's, it, it, it hurts you as a person to make that mistake in that setting more than it does, yeah. um, you know, with a coach telling you uh, yeah. sometimes and uh, not, not all the times, but I'm just saying there's opportunity for that. But the FYI here that I want to focus on is focus on your process yeah. and your process doesn't take place in front of, anyone's eyes yeah. right or in anyone else's mind yeah exactly or anyone so, else's opinion but yours yeah it doesn't matter what they think you know that it, that that can help you and hurt you at the same time what yeah. matters the most is what's in you and what you think and what you know when you walk up to the plate uh you're oh for two on the day the only thing that matters is how prepared you are for that third at bat mm-hmm and, 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 and you get there by how you prepare outside the game, not how you, you know, not what you do during the game. And that's, I think that's another, that's a way to speak to, you know, performance against, uh, development. Yeah. Yeah. Focus more on development. Hey, FYI, the original intent of travel ball Mm-hmm. was to make kids more competitive not to provide more opportunities for those that just want a different experience mm. so what I mean by that is you used to have to compete for a spot if you wanted to play travel ball Yeah. now everyone can play travel ball and I'm not saying and, and I don't necessarily know that that's a bad thing 
And, you know, because there are still teams where that's the case, that's true. And, and more travel teams just simply means that there are opportunities for kids that didn't make it on some of those other teams. But one of the things that I see or have seen in recent years is it's hard to compete. It's hard to make a team and have to continue to compete for your spot every day while you're on that team. And, and you may not have the spot that you want to have or play the position that you want to have on that team. And when there were only five travel teams in your region, you had to suck it up. You had to, you had to fight harder or you had to learn, I may not be the best person for that spot. I need to learn yeah. a different spot. So what's happened in this, you know, in this world of everyone plays now, everyone plays travel ball, is if I don't like my role on the team that I played on this year, that's all right. There's a, lots of other teams out there. I'm just going to try out for another team next year, and I'll play the role that I want to play on that team. Or more likely, if, my, if I don't like my kid's role on the team they were on this year, then my kid yeah. will play for another team next year, and I will like that role a lot better. Let's be really honest. Uh, yeah. You know, I may not have any more to elaborate on than that, but that's I, that's an observation that I've noticed, especially with the uh, with the growth of the the travel system. Uh, that it's almost like I, I hear a lot of, and I know there are not there there are some experiences that are just bad experiences, and you you probably should leave that team and go try out for another one. I'm not saying everyone's situation is the same and I'm not certainly not I don't have anybody in mind in particular when I'm saying this I mean this is not this is absolutely not a I know that I'm working with baseball players every week but I have no idea who these kids are playing for for the most part I've asked them but I don't know how long they've been playing for them or whatnot so I don't have anyone in particular that I'm thinking about I just know that in general this has happened and and it's happening and it just means it just means that kids are competing less for their spot and mm. it's not a good. It's just not a good thing. It's not. It's not going to help. It's not going to benefit them. It's not going to benefit their team. That I mean, like, what team? What's their team, right? I mean, like, if they play for twelve different travel teams from the time they're from between nine years old and sixteen years old, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of teams. You may play two or three teams in one year. Uh, they say they played on five different travel teams between the time they were ten and the time they were eighteen. Which team is theirs? Right. And so yeah. how is that helping them? So, well, you might say, well, their team is their high school team. So we're really working on getting them better for their high school team. OK, then stay on that one team and make him fight and compete his butt off to get better so that he can really help his high school team. Then I just I don't see yeah. that. I don't see the competitiveness taking place as much as I do. Just, oh, it's OK. We'll just try out for another team. Well, tryouts yeah. not supposed to be easy. Yeah. Yeah, I would say there's definitely an allure, a certain allure to um, to that word travel ball. Um, I, I would ask, you know, what is your purpose? You know, what, what are you trying to accomplish? Because, you know, we've talked about this before. One of the things that you sacrifice um, to, you know, to be on a travel ball team is you sacrifice time. And you're, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be you're going to be playing a lot of games mm -hmm. and you, you'll be playing against in most cases, better competition, which is, you know, 
I believe that's valuable. I think that 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 if you play against better competition, it makes you better. I, I do buy into that. I'm not for sure. You know, there's definitely got there's got to be a threshold to it. You know, I know I've I've read some studies that you know really you want to you want to fail 30 percent of the time. If you're not failing 30 percent of the time, you're not being challenged enough in, mm-hmm. in what you're doing. So you know, you, there there there's a there's a threshold there somewhere, but yeah. You know why? Why are you doing it? What's what's the purpose? And can you can you accomplish your purpose in other ways outside of travel ball? Because what you're going to experience in travel ball is you're going to play a lot of games. Uh, it's going to be challenging. It's you're going to have you know it's going to be it's going to challenge your endurance as far as as parents and as kids. You're going to be you know you're going to be traveling. You're going to be driving to to games and um, you know every probably every weekend through the summer and and stuff like that. So is 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 the experience that you're getting and the value that you're getting from that experience uh better than your alternative options and you know you every obviously everyone has to to, answer that on their own but it it starts with understanding what you're talking about in you know (laughs) why do why do we do some of the things that we do and what do we really want to get out of sports? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 you know the 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 situation that you describe is actually I would say it's it's um, definitely happens and it's a it's a failure really because it's not it's not reality it's not uh, it doesn't prepare uh, the kids for life because you right. you know in life things don't come easy like that you just can't right. you know you just can't stop doing something or, or because you, you know you don't like your role or and, and go and easily go find your other role sometimes you do you know sometimes mm-hmm. you get lucky and are able to uh to do that but most of the time it's not that simple it's not that easy um and you know you you have to you have to fit into your role and i and i wonder um if it's things like that 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 keeps people from being successful in life because it, it, it makes things hard. You know, if, if that struggle isn't there, um, then you don't, you're not able to recognize that struggle. You know, if you, if you, if you don't experience struggle as a kid and, and, and be able to overcome that struggle or work against that struggle and survive that struggle. And then, you know, as you become an adult, how would you, how would you know how to handle it then? I think it yeah. just, you know, it stacks on top of each other. And I think too often we compare, we assume that, we confuse a struggle, like a struggle to have to compete for something that you really want or that you really would hope to have, as someone not being fair with us. Yeah, I think sure. we confuse. We confuse. Well, I don't know that we confuse it. We just wrongly assume. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. And that's usually, that. That typically is the case when it comes to sports. Is that yeah. is a someone in your family? It may not be the kid. It may be the parent is assuming that they're not being treated fairly. And the fact is, maybe they just need to, com- maybe they need to compete a little bit harder to earn that spot, to win that spot. I cannot believe that every coach in America who doesn't play your kid is not being fair to your kid. Right. Sometimes it happens. I get that. There are some bad coaches out there. But the reality is the majority of coaches want to win, and they're trying to put the best possible kids on the field in the situations to, to, to succeed as possible. Maybe their judgment's poor, but it doesn't mean that they're just being unfair. It just means sure. buckle down and compete for it. Compete for it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. The, and, and I'll say this. Is, this is related to it. The grass is not always greener. Sometimes we just leave because we see a better situation 
from the outside looking in. And uh, when we get in the in there on the inside, when, when we make that new team, we sometimes we realize pretty quick there's 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 a lot of struggles here too. There's a lot, and it's just it's oh, it's just always going to happen. All, always is going to happen. Absolutely, yeah. because well, I mean, because just the, the the thing that we're talking about there, the people that you know will move their kid from a team to another team because they've been treating treated unfairly they're probably coming to the team that you're going to too. Exactly. The reason there's an opening, the reason there's an opening on this new team is because someone felt the same way you did and they left as well. (laughs) That's exactly right. right. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and uh, we've talked about this before, but it's just an opportunity to, to strive in a situation that's unfavorable. And I, we, uh, we had a uh, 12 U game this weekend and uh, our pitcher was struggling a little bit, and he's you know good ball player, uh, very good ball player. Pitches, catches, and play plays shortstop. He can he can play anywhere. Hits well. He's already hit, I think, three or four home runs this fall. Um, he was struggling, and uh, we had I think we had runners on second, and third with one out or something like that. And I I went out to the mound, and I was talking to him. I said, "Look, this is perfect." This is this is exactly where you want to be. You want to be in a challenging situation like this. You, you you don't want this to be easy. You know, you you want to feel this struggle. You want to feel the pressure. This is this is a, this is something that, you know, in this situation, you're probably going to feel this again at some yeah. point in the future. You know, if you're not, you probably when it's more playing. important. Yeah, yeah, you're going to feel it someday when it's more important and the stakes are Absolutely. higher and you need and this right now. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, it's a Man, we shouldn't feel bad in those situations. We should, yeah. we should get goosebumps. We should be like, yeah, this is great. I'm, yeah. I've, I'm, I'm in a situation now that's going to be tough to get out of. It's going to be tough yeah. to perform in, but it's going to give me an opportunity and some and some foundation for the future. Right. So, I think we're far enough removed from it right now that I can tell this story and and uh, and no one it won't hurt anybody's feelings. But when when uh, Brock's age group was was younger and and we they had always played together when, when you know from those in those years when he was from seven years old all the way up to 13 through 13 years old and then they got to 14 and 15 they got you know high school age uh I, one of the things that i actually recommended to them and there were a lot of reasons why i recommended that they all try out for separate teams and uh but as their high school coach as the one who was going to be their coach in high school i recommended that they do that and one of the reasons why I recommended it was because of this very point, that I wanted them, for example, to go and have to fight and compete for a team where there was somebody else that played their position who was also pretty good. Because the reality is, we only had about 12 kids on our team, and everyone was kind of locked into a spot. They all knew what their role was on this team that they had grown up in. And it, while it was hard to break up a team that had played together for years, I really felt like it was going to benefit them more. And I think that now looking back on it, everyone would agree. I mean, this was this was a two-time regional finalist team that you know the kids that I'm talking about here. Uh, but you know, for example, if I sat down with, I'll just pick out one of the parents. If I you know if I sat down with, let's say, our kid who played first base, I'm like, hey, you know, he's going to play first base for us. You you know, he's our starting first baseman, and he's going to be for the rest of his life if he plays for us all of his life. But I want him to go and have to bust his butt to make it 
on a team up in Columbus. Whereas in Southeast Ohio here, we know he's going to play first base for us, right? But with him having to go and bust his butt and struggle a little bit and maybe have to sit out a little bit and, and battle because this kid was better than him on this day, he's going to gain so much more, and he's going to be such a better high school player for, for going through that experience. And while that was hard to talk about when they were 14 years old, I do believe looking back on it now, all of those families would say this was a this was a good thing. Did we do everything perfectly? Of course not. But this was a good thing, and it made them better. It made their high school experience a lot better as well. I truly believe it. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Okay. I think the, I think the lesson presents itself there. So yeah, it's hard to argue against that. Struggle's real. I yeah, mean, it's it's, it's going to be there. We can't we can't protect our kids from it. Life's hard. Uh, the better we equip them to handle that that difficulty the better they're going to be that's just that's just reality you want to do another one you want to do one more yeah you got one one more go for it i uh you know i i i help um, i coach my oldest son's uh fall ball team and and i'm an assistant coach for uh for the 10 U team that my younger son plays on. And, um, I've coached my kids for a long time. And so, you know, we have a certain relationship that, that has developed over time. And, uh, we communicate with each other and, and in certain ways that, uh, <laughs> that, you know, it just happens. It, it kind of happens uh, organically that you just, uh, uh, you just figure it out as you go. But, mm-hmm. um, as the coach, I've, I've always, I've always experienced this pressure of, you know, needing my kid to do, uh, to go the extra, the extra step and needing to kind of prove that, uh, he, you know, he, he was worth the spot that, that he was feeling. And that, that I guess that kind of speaks back to my, to my last FYI of stop trying to prove things to everybody else. But, right. um, I got some really good advice uh, that I want to share, not just to coaches, but to parents. And I, I, I know exactly how parents feel when they're watching their kids play because, you know, I've, I've been there and I know you have two coach and, you know, we, we have a tendency to, to want to, to want to talk. And I, I think at the, at a very fundamental level, it's because we're, we're concerned and, you know, we care and we, we want to help them in some way. If it's not, you know, to perform now, it's, you know, to help them be, uh, you know, to, to perform later, uh, not just in sports, but, you know, as people. And we, we always uh, are able to justify a need to, to say something. And um, some advice that I got recently, and I think it's, it's really good advice that, that everyone needs to hear, is that, you know, there, we have all kinds of opportunities to, to correct our kids, um, uh, to talk to them about things that they did well, to talk to them about things that they did wrong, to talk about things that they could do better. We have all these opportunities and it's not just in sports. You know, I hope, I hope as parents, we're not just taking the opportunities that we have in sports to correct our kids or to help, to try to help our kids because there's, you know, there's obviously more important times that we need to be focused on than, than just in sports. But Mm -hmm. in this context, it's in sports and the advice that I got was basically sometimes regardless of the situation, it's good just to not say anything, just to let what happened happen and move on. 
And, and for me, you know, that's, it, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a trying piece of advice because it, it was a situation that, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with. And I, you know, I, I felt like I was very justified in, 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 in the way that I was, I was handling it. But, you know, one of my buddies and a, a guy that, um, you know, I, I, I played with and in high school and a guy that I have a lot of respect for just called me over. He said, Hey, listen, uh, this is going to be hard to hear, <laughs> but, uh, I've been through it. And I want you to know that I, one of the things that I learned is, you know, sometimes it's better just not to say anything at all. Just, just give them some time to, to, uh, to think about, you know, the situation on their own and, and let them, let them, uh, decide, you know, the, uh, the negatives and the positives from that. And I feel like it was very it was, it was invaluable, you know, mm. and, and the further I get from it, the, the more that I appreciate it and the more that I think, uh, it's going to benefit me as a parent, as a, as a coach, um, yeah. just being able to know that, Hey, you know, we've talked about before about over coaching, right. Um, and maybe sometimes we just need to be intentional about not coaching at all. Yeah. Over speaking over. Yeah. Yeah. At uh, the time when you first got that, word from from a, I, I would call that a friend I mean, that, that's a that's a good friend you know someone yeah. who who trusted that you know you trusted i mean they trusted that the fact that they felt like they had a good enough relationship with you to speak into your life like that but even still what did your initial response become a little defensive like inside yeah. like your initial response is ah but yeah but yeah but you know yeah but Absolutely. yeah i yeah. said it everybody I, you know, oh okay I, I, yeah. It out. Yeah. I said well look i mean look look what happened uh-huh you know, yeah that's like, ridiculous he ought to know better right someone's got to tell him yeah 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 that's, that's exactly i mean that's and he's like yeah you know and, he's, and and this is the this is this is something you deal with too he's like yeah that's kind of what yeah, all the kids out there are doing you know that that's kind of what's happening to all of, of us <laughs> yeah. and I, you know and i use the old well yeah but that's my kid i don't want that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and uh he said you know he just he 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 knew you know he knew where i was he knew how i was feeling he, i think he knew how i was going to respond and how i was going to feel to the feel to the advice but hmm. Um, I'm glad he thought, you know, enough of me to know that I was going to listen a yeah. little bit and at least consider it. And yeah. uh, it is something that I did, and I, I feel like uh, I feel like it's been a positive thing. And I, you know, it's something that that I'm going to use going forward. I think, you know, there's there's times, um, not, you know, not all the time. I think, you know, I mean, if if coaching wasn't important, you know, what what are we doing here? You know, so yeah. I, I think coaching is very important and. Uh, through all walks of life but um i think too just taking some time and, and sometimes just saying hey you know strategically i'm i'm just gonna let this one go and uh yes, we'll let it play out and you know sometimes let them, let the, them figure it out on their own sometimes the best thing that you can say is nothing at all yeah the best thing sure. you can do the best way you can respond that's good yeah that's really good I actually wrote one down that is pretty much, it goes a lot right along with this. And it was, it's harder to be complimentary than it is to be critical. You know, being critical comes really natural to us. And it's the first thing that we often think about in any situation, whether it's regarding sports or, or just life in general, but being complimentary to someone, it, you have to be intentional to do that. You actually have to plan that in a way in your mind it may not be like you not you're not sitting there making a huge plan but you actually have to be intentional to be complimentary to someone whereas i think critic being critical comes really natural to all of us 
Yeah. Well, I think critical um, is driven easier by emotion. And especially in sports and especially in the game of baseball, my goodness, there's, you know, it's, baseball is just a game of failures. You know, you screw up all the time in baseball. Um, bad things happen, you know, every inning. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, you know, when you're emo- yeah. when you, when you mix emotion with that, that environment, that's that setting, it's very easy to start pointing out flaws and pointing out mistakes. And, um, the irony in that is, a lot of the times you're the one making a mistake by doing it. <laughs> mm, yeah, very ironic. Very much so. Man, I enjoyed uh, this little popcorn uh, topic thing. Yeah, this was good stuff. I'm, I'm glad we I, had it. I've got one more to share with you here, though. Okay, good deal. So you got, you're going to have to share this with your wife, Chastity. Okay. My family has made a declaration. Okay. We're doubling up on the Christmas spirit this year. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I I told him, I said, hey, here, I got an idea, guys. Since this year has been a real, since March, this year has been just crappy. We had stuff taken away from us, and, you know, the the joy has been challenging to find and you, you had to really you had to really choose to be intentional to, to, to find joy in a lot of circumstances so I tell you what here's something we can control we can control what we do for Christmas this year so we're so we're gonna double up on the Christmas spirit the Christmas decorations the Christmas baking well maybe not the baking but but <laughs> my daughter Kaylee, yes, the baking. Yeah, but no, it, it's uh, it, it. That's what we're doing. So, so uh, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge the Martin household to double up on the Christmas spirit this year. Can your wife hear me? You have to relay it to her. You're looking at it right now. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you did you hear, Coach Stewart? We have to double up on Christmas on the Christmas spirit this year. Double the. Did you hear? <laughs> I did hear that. In fact, I'm going to crank that volume up when we uh, when we edit this podcast later, so everyone can hear it. <laughs> Let, we maybe we could do like a uh, maybe we could have a Martin Stewart family Christmas. Oh, there you and go. Everybody except me does all the work. <laughs> does all the work. <laughs> or maybe I just won't come. How about that? <laughs> Figure something out. Yeah. All right, Coach. It's good talking to you. Good talking to you. Since I'm doubling up on, us, yeah, thanks for joining us. And since I'm doubling up on Christmas spirit, it means on October 12th, I, I'll have to say, Pat, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Today? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I can't do it. I can't do it before Halloween. Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but you wait. We're gonna have more lights this year. More decorations inside. It's gonna smell like Christmas in here. All right. Okay. I can't wait. I'm excited. There you go. All right, man. Yep. Good talk. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later.